the kill, and Warner wins the set. Fade away by Moores. In play with Craig Maddock, made possible by the exclusive support of Lake Area Technical College. It is you. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Our guest today had a great high school basketball career. In fact, she was a starter on the varsity as an eighth grader, went on and had a great career at South Dakota State, and now she's a head women's basketball coach. She's joining us from Orange City, Iowa. The Northwestern Red Raiders head coach, Kristen Roder. Kristen, welcome to In Play. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You know, you were a starter for McCook Central in Salem as an eighth grader. Now, I know eventually you became to be, you know, six feet tall and played the wing and played every position. But as an eighth grader, how tall were you then? You know, I grew pretty early. I was about six feet tall, I think, in seventh grade. Uh, yeah, I was taller than, towered over all of my classmates. And I don't know if I grew again after that, but I was a little <laughs> bit of an early bloomer there, I think. So, but basketball played a big part of your life uh, and still is, but what was it like as an eighth grader? Did you kind of know what you were trying to do? I like to think that I did, but I'm sure that's not exactly how how it really went. Um, You know, you're just trying to figure it out. I mean, I was so young at the time and I was playing basketball with sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school and just trying to fit in, just trying to to make a difference on the court. And um, I have a few memories from that season of life, but yeah, I, we were all just trying to figure it out. I'm sure it wasn't nearly as, as great as we thought it was. <laughs> you know, Doug, Doug Durfee was your high school coach. What did he see in you even as early as an eighth grader? You know, um, Durfee, what he came in in the middle of my high school, re- high school career. Um, and he was pretty young as well. And I think my, my last year or two, um, we were pretty good. We went to the state tournament both of those years, and um, he was a really good coach. He's a really great guy, and he worked really well with kind of our juniors and seniors to kind of make make that team work. And I think that's something that, as a head coach now, I've actually you know thought back on and thought on, just thought about you know how important it is to hear the input and the value of your players. And uh, part of it, I'm sure, was just him being young and not really sure at times what he should do or what he should say, but he gave our, our players a voice and a platform and um, it gave us a lot of ownership and accountability in our season. And that's something that I've held with me for a long time. Was your family into sports a lot? Was it more than just basketball? You know, a little bit. Um, sports were never really pushed onto us. And we grew up in a, a small farming community and my, my dad was a farmer. My mom was a elementary teacher. And so our lives were pretty basic and pretty simple. And, uh, whatever we wanted to try, we could pretty much try, but we were never forced into anything. And uh, I think for me, I found basketball early because I, I grew so quickly and I grew so early and I was just so much taller and bigger than all the other kids in my class. So it gave me something to to kind of just be my niche and to fit in and something that I was good at. And um, it's pretty easy to be good at basketball when you're about, I don't know, eight or 10 inches taller than all your <laughs> classmates. So you have, have a little bit of early success, which helps too. But, you know, it, you've seen it too. Uh, there are some some kids who uh, get to be a certain height. They can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, <laughs> when when were you able to, to develop some of the skills uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to become a pretty good basketball player and then eventually to be recruited? Mm-hmm. You know, I just love to play in my driveway all the time. Um, I would go to some camps as a kid, but, you know, I didn't have private lessons. My parents weren't shipping me off every weekend to play in different events. It was just, 
in the driveway on our farm, um, just getting buckets as much as I could, whether it was raining, it was snowing, it was windy. Uh, I just love that part of the game. Um, and I like to watch basketball on TV a lot. I watched the NBA, I watched the WNBA and I would see what I, what I could see on TV. Then I'd go out in the driveway and try and do those things. And, uh, as, as simple as it sounds, that's really all it was for me. You were probably uh, making up shots to win the state basketball tournament uh, for <laughs> McCook Central Montrose in your driveway. And you know what? And it had been 15 years or so before McCook Central even got to the girls' tournament. What was it like in 2006 when you made it to the Corn yeah. Palace? You know, it was um, when you're in the middle of it, you don't really know any different. It's just, it's just where you are and what you're doing. But when you look back on it, it was a, a pretty significant moment in our community's history. I and mean, it's been a long time since we had been to state and there was a lot of people that believed in us and put their hope in us and um, we're just rooting for us the whole way. And I remember the first year that we went my junior year, um, the whole entire community shut down. I mean, every business was closed. Every business had their windows painted with green and blue paint and go Cougars and all that stuff. And every single person was in the stands watching us play. And uh, you know, those are really cool and special memories to hold on to. Well, you still have that record, Kristen. You still have the most three points made in a <laughs> Class A tournament when you made 14 in those three games. So what was it like uh, taking those shots from beyond the arc? Yeah, you know, that was uh, – we didn't do as well as we wanted to in that tournament. But, uh, you know, for me personally, my junior year of high school was, was a really fun season for me. Um, there's just certain times in life as a basketball player where you just kind of catch a rhythm um, and you have it for a while. And my junior year, I, I felt like I did. I thought I shot the ball, you know, really well and everything that I took just felt really good. And um, there's just seasons of life that as I'm older now and I've been a player for longer and I've been coaching, I look back on and you don't realize it while you're in it, but it's kind of a, just a special season of life to be in. And my junior year was, was pretty good for me. So, uh, yeah, I definitely probably let quite a few of them fly trying to hit that many numbers for sure. But it was really fun. You know, normally those uh, six-foot wing players, you know, especially in, in, in girls or women's basketball, you know, they're, they're playing closer to the basket. They're not attempting a lot of those shots from the three-point arc. But not you, not you. What, what made it for you as a six-foot wing player to, to have that skill to be able to hit it from beyond the arc? Uh, when I started playing high school basketball in eighth grade, we had quite a few forward and post type players already on the team. And our coach at the time, Eric Skoglin, who's now the head boys coach at Spearfish High School, he was really one of the first people that kind of pushed me to stretch my game more on the perimeter. And um, he thought I had a, a good jump shot and I had good technique and good form. And so he really kind of pushed me to expand my game and become more of a perimeter player. And um, I tried to do that. And thankfully, it worked out kind of well. Um, but I think just being someone who grew so early and having so much height and already, you know, being 12, 13, 14 years old and being my, my full six foot height, I think that helped me, you know, in the long run, because my body wasn't changing a ton, you know, the next four or five years that I was in high school. You know, in 2007, McCook Central makes it to the state tournament again. In fact, a lot of those same teams that were there in 06 <laughs> made it to Spearfish mm -hmm. in 07. What, what was, you're a senior, you know, your last year in high school. What were your thoughts going into that tournament in Spearfish? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think having been through it one time, you feel a little more confident and just settled in what the expectations are, what it's going to feel like to be there. And, uh, you know, your first time going in a really, really long time, there can just be some of that excitement of, well, I will just, we'll do okay. And if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't, but it'll be a fun experience. I think my senior year, 
we had a group of upperclassmen. We were really motivated to to win the whole thing. And now we didn't, unfortunately, but um, I think our mentality going into the whole entire experience was a lot different. Well, you had to go against the defending champs in that first round, Del Rapids, and you lost by a point. How heartbreaking was that for you? Yeah, we had a... and I'm obviously very biased, but I felt like the years that I played in high school, there was just some phenomenal high school talent across the, the state of South Dakota. Um, just a ton of really good players, a ton of really good teams. And, uh, you know, we did lose them that year, and I think they won the entire thing. So it wasn't it wasn't a, an upset necessarily by any means. But, yeah, there's just a lot of really good players that I look back on as during my playing um, days in high school. And I just think, wow, those are some really phenomenal athletes, some really high-level players. And uh, this is a really kind of fun phase of life to grow up in. You are right. There were a lot of great players and a lot of great teams in 07, but you were the uh, you were the Class A player of the year that year in South Dakota. Yeah, uh, I kind of forgot about that one, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's just kind of part of the whole entire experience. Um, when you get in the middle of it, you're just so caught up with your teammates and your family and your friends and your community and just, you know, what it means for everybody and how fun it is as a group. And those individual awards are, are special and they're something you can hold on to too, but uh, you know, you look back on it, and I the things I remember are, are a couple of the big wins, but just a lot of the moments I had with my teammates, a lot of the moments I had with my family, um, you know, when the, those seasons and those careers came to an end. And a lot of those things are really special, and I hold those pretty close to my heart. Well, then you go on to South Dakota State. Uh, you play right away, and wow, what a what a freshman class uh, the Jacks got in the 07 season with Jill Young and you. And, oh, my gosh, there was a great building building block as freshmen. But when had you decided that, you know what, uh, the Jackrabbits was the place you were going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually, growing up, I was a pretty big USD fan. I used to go to, to USD's camps when I was a kid. And um, I had obviously known of South Dakota State, but we just, our family had never been to camps there, been to games there. And um, I remember my junior year of high school, I got a letter in the mail from Aaron Johnson. Uh, I came home from school and my dad was waiting for me to get home because this letter had come in the mail and he wanted me to open it and he wanted to see what it said. Um, and it was pretty, pretty simple. It's just like, we've been watching you, you know, we're, we'd be excited to have you on campus, those sort of things. Um, and I honestly, at the time, I had no idea, you know, what my ability level was. I didn't know if I was division one, division two, NAI. Um, it was all just so new to me and the world was so different when it came to recruiting when you go back 10 or 15 years. So, um, a lot of things have definitely changed since then, since then, but I remember I took a visit to South Dakota State. I took a couple different visits to different schools, and um, I knew when I finished that visit that that's where I wanted to be. Just everything about it um, fit who I was, was what I liked. I liked the coaching staff. I liked the team. Um, just all those things that you need to check a box to, to get your answer for were, were the right fit for me. Oh, look at that, 13, 14 years later. Are you, are, <laughs> are you, sending, uh, are you sending out? the stuff in the mail to recruits uh, you got so I many am, more yeah. what life has really come full circle here it, it really has that i'm doing i'm recruiting my own you know high school athletes as well so it's kind of wild the deer in the headlight uh, headlight look uh in college how long did you have that at south dakota state <laughs> oh man i think you have it for a while i think you just learned to cover it up pretty well um it was tough. It was really tough. Um, and that's just a credit to the tradition and the success that they've had. I mean, if you want to win and you want to compete at a high level, it's going to be hard. And um, as hard as it was, it was just so fantastic because of the group of people that I was with. I love my teammates and I'm still so thankful to this day that I, I walked into a locker room that had a culture like that, had people that 
genuinely cared about the freshmen and the sophomores and included people. And um, I think that's, you know, not as common as you might realize, but it's something that has definitely impacted my life over the course of the last 15 years. You know, as a freshman, you were the Summit League Sixth Woman of the Year Award. When did you feel accepted as a member of the team? Right away, um, right away. And that just goes to, to just credit how, how great the team was and how wonderful those people were. And um, it was competitive. I mean, I, I think at one point in my freshman year, took a starting spot from a junior, and that was terrifying in, in all different ways. Um, but everybody wanted to win so badly and wanted everyone to do well as a team that those things never became a bigger problem than they needed to. And um, there were games where I played really well, and there were games where other people played really well, and I didn't. And you just love those people, and you support them through that. And um, I think being able to do that, you know, long-term, year after year, and, and keep that as a big part of your culture is a big part of why they've done so well up at SDSU, and it's something that I hope to instill in my program as well. Well, you saw a lot of success at SDSU. In fact, uh, postseason play, uh, the whole state was was following SDSU in the postseason because you went to the NCAA tournament. Probably the most famous year would have been, what, 2008, uh, actually the 2008-09 season when you went, what, 32-3, mm-hmm. and three, only one loss in the conference, and – you beat TCU in that first game in the tournament, then had to take on Baylor. You should have won that game too. <laughs> well, what was that season like uh, in 2008 and nine? You know, um, I think on the outside looking in, people probably felt like it was there was pressure and there was expectation. And for us, um, you know, we just had absolutely no clue. We were just living in the moment. We were just playing every game um, that we had. And you know, we didn't know what it was like to go into the NCAA tournament and win games or try and get to a Sweet 16 or get to an Elite Eight. We had never crossed that ground before. Um, so we were really just kind of living moment by moment. And I remember when we did lose at the end of that year, uh, a lot of us felt like, well, we'll just come back next year. Like as if it will be that, that simple. <laughs> we can just work that hard and do it again. Um, not knowing just how hard it really is to get your program to a Sweet 16 status or, you know, knock on the door of an Elite Eight and just how many things have to fall into place for that to happen and that really was a special season because that was a very special group of people um, people that I'm still really connected with today but uh, that group was probably one of the deeper teams that we've ever had in the postseason we could play gosh eight nine ten eleven kids on any given night Uh, that group was also pretty healthy we didn't have any crazy bad injuries which a lot of times changes the course of a season too so a lot of things had to go right that year and they did and uh, you know we wish we could have went a little bit farther into the postseason but we definitely had some really good memories that year well jill young was one of your teammates and of course jill young all-time leading scorer in south dakota high school history what it was like you two between you two you threw up more three-point shots and made more three-point shots than, than anybody else what was it like having you two on that team it was, Jill was so fun to play with. Um, she's one of my best friends to this day and you know, we were really close in college as well, but on the court, she's just somebody that if I had to choose any teammate that I would want, she'd be the first one I would pick. Um, very selfless, self, selfless, excuse me. Um, great teammate, always thinks of other people, fantastic shooter. Um, just all the, does all the things that you would want in a really good teammate. And, um, there's, it's no coincidence that we had as much success as we did while she was there as well. Cause she was a big part of that. At one point, though, Kristen, you had to say, you know what, this coaching thing of basketball, I, that, that kind of interests me. When, when did that <laughs> first start coming into the back of your mind? Uh, well, when I graduated um, in 2011, I thought I was probably done with basketball for quite a while. 
I just was ready to try something different. I had gotten a degree at South Dakota State and I wanted to pursue that and just do some different things. And um, I walked away from basketball and I, I thought it was done. And then it didn't take very long before people were reaching out to me saying, can you, you know, give my daughter a workout? Can you coach my kid's team? Can you help with this? And um, I really didn't have a great interest in coaching, but I said yes to those things anyways. And once I kind of got involved with it, I realized how fun it was. And it was fun because the kids were so fun because you could invest and pour into young women and see them grow and see them thrive and just see them light up with, with your words of encouragement and all those things. Um, so I kind of just played in the coaching world for quite a while. Um, a couple of years ago, I really felt called to go back into college coaching and get back into the NCAA. And um, that ended up leading to an open door at South Dakota state for the director of operations position, which is, um, really kind of a wild story in itself, but I can't believe that that's where I ended up. So I was there for three years. And then, um, you know, this summer took the head coaching job at Northwestern and um, it's just all been kind of a wild ride, but I, I really enjoyed it. And it's not, not at all where I thought I would see myself, you know, probably 10 years ago, but it's better than anything I thought I would see myself doing. What does the director of operations do for a college basketball team? <laughs> I'm not even sure I can do that answer justice. Let's see here. <laughs> Every single thing that exists. Um, you handle a lot of the logistical things behind the scenes. You handle the travel, you know, the gear, the food, everything that somebody would need, you're probably responsible for. Um, you help in and out with the basketball things. You do some scouting. You do some um, practice thoughts. Um, you're a little limited in what you can do on the court in a practice, and uh -huh. on the court in a game. But other than that, everything is, is kind of fair game. And I like to think I, I got quite the experience at South Dakota state and got to uh, be in charge of a lot of things, got to have my hands on a lot of things. And, and in so many ways that experience has shaped me more to be a head coach than anything else that I, I could have done just because it was so diverse and it was so, uh, so different every single day. What did coach Johnston mean to you up at South Dakota state? Great leader to follow. Yeah. Um, you know, everything I know, about basketball and about coaching, I've learned from somebody else. And a majority of it has been from him. Um, and I have so much love and love and respect for him as a head coach and just as a mentor. And um, he doesn't probably know it, but more often than not, we're watching what he does. I'm watching what he says. I, I'll watch some of his um, post-game press conferences just to hear some of his thoughts. And um, he has. He's shaped my life in a lot of ways. He's shaped me as a head coach in more ways than I even realized until I probably got down here and took over my own program. Um, there's a lot of things that I've caught myself saying that I oh, that's com coming from AJ for sure. Um, <laughs> but he, he's been fantastic. Yeah, he really has. And um, I just have so much gratefulness towards him and just for the opportunities that I've had not only to play at South Dakota State, but also to work under him. I think he's, he's a, a really great coach to play for, but he's an even better person to work for. When you look at Northwestern, they're in Orange City, Iowa. It is a dominant women's program in the NAIA. They've got a number of national championships. They've had a number of great players there. What was it? What did Northwestern see in you to say, come on down, we want you to be our leader? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't something that was, was on my radar. I mean, I, I definitely did want to become a head coach at some point. Um, I thought that process would be a little bit longer and maybe take me a couple of different places before I found the right fit. <clears throat> but when I came down here and interviewed, um, it was a very, very quick process because I could tell right away that this is where I should be. 
Um, you know, Northwestern is a fantastic community. There's a ton of support here for the college and for athletics, but it's very much a, a, a faith-centered community too. And that's a big part of my life and a big part of who I am. And to have an opportunity to to lead the young women in this program and the young women on this campus um, and do that in in more ways than just coaching basketball is something that's really important to me as well. So um, a little surprised I was that, that it happened as quickly as it did and that it was something that I was so excited about right away. But um, I also think there's affirmation in those things too. And when you know, you know, and um, when I chose to accept this job and everything that kind of played out after that in the next couple of weeks and months just kept showing me that this is exactly where, where I should be. Who were the first people that you called and say, I got the job? <laughs> Uh, called my parents. They were pretty excited. Um, and then I have a couple really close friends um, that I've been friends with for, gosh, 20 to 25 years by now. People that have, have really stood by me through a lot of things in my life and people who have encouraged me and prayed for me and just um, really kind of had my back through all the things that life can throw at you. So it was fun to share that moment with some of my really close friends and family and know that, you know, they've supported me for such a long time and they believe in me. And um, when I told them that this is what I was choosing to do, they were nothing but excited because they knew how good of a fit it would be for me. How soon was it, though, you had to say, wait a minute, I, I got to get a coaching staff to help me out. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how did that process go? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I interviewed for the position, they, they had told me they were adding a full-time assistant for the first time, which was a significant piece to having a, a staff at our level. Um, and there's a few people I thought of right away. Macy was the first one. Um, after I had accepted the job, I, I called her to let her know that I had taken the job. And I think she thought I was just calling to tell her goodbye and that I wasn't going to be at SPCU anymore. And um, then I'd asked her if she'd be interested in coming with me. And I honestly had no clue um, if she'd want to or not. I mean, Macy's, Macy bleeds blue and yellow just like I do. So it's hard for either one of us to, to leave South Dakota State. Um, but she was really excited, really excited about the opportunity. Um, and she decided pretty quickly as well because she felt like it'd be a really good fit for her. And um, the two of us worked together at South Dakota State for a year. And then I, I coached Macy's senior year. We went to the Sweet 16. So we got to know each other quite a bit that year as well. Um, and we get along really well. We work really easy together. And um, it's just, it means so much to me to have somebody on my staff who spent so much time around me and knows what kind of coach I am and what I'm thinking and what I want to say. And I know if I send Macy somewhere else in the gym, she's going to say and think the same things that I probably am. And uh, that can be really helpful too. And I just think it's good to have another um, kind of positive and supportive female role model for our kids. I think that's really important. You, you're, you've got a full plate, Kristen, because now you got a recruit and you're getting recruits coming to, to Northwestern. Did the recruiting process kind of surprise you a little bit now that you are doing your own recruiting? Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little bit involved with it at South Dakota State as far as kids coming on campus and those sort of things. And um, it's just changed so much since I was a, a student athlete or since I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. And the world is different. Social media is different. So there's all these different ways to connect and engage with kids. But I think at the end of the day, um, what works for us and what we think people probably want is just a relationship and a connection. And to know that there's somebody on the other side that believes in them and that has confidence in them and that wants them in their program. And that's really what we try and, um, you know, convey to kids that we're recruiting that you know, we feel like they could fit here and that we would um, love to have them in our program, that they have a great experience here and that we would be, you know, a champion for them as long as they're here. So what kind of a coach are you? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if anyone's asked me that one yet. Um, you know, I heard somebody say this, um, early, early on when I got this job, they talked about, you know, being a player's coach and how 
when you take over a program or you start a season, you know, it's probably like 90% of the coach leading your program. You know, every single detail the coach has to explain, they have to teach, they have to construct. Um, and I definitely feel like that is where we were, you know, when the season started. And, you know, now as we're close to kind of midway through our season, you can kind of see things starting to change a little bit. And our players are becoming much more accountable and taking on much more ownership in our program. And they're answering each other's questions. They're correcting each other. They're holding each other accountable. Um, and so we're slowly kind of morphing our way into what I would call a player-led program. And um, I want all the kids on our team to feel valued and to feel like they're a part of what we're doing and that their voices matter. And so we work really hard to, to open lines of communication as much as possible, hear the feedback that our kids have, but also give them feedback at the same time. So um, I like to think we're we're doing it in a way that kids enjoy and that we, we enjoy as coaches as well. But I think we're pretty close to – to moving in the direction of a, a really strong player, player-led player program over time here. The Great Plains Athletic Conference, is a, it's a great conference. Uh, the University of Sioux Falls was in that league for many years. I did radio, uh, the women's basketball games for 11 years, and so I've been to Orange City. I've seen the rivalries. Dort uh, still is the number one rivalry, isn't it, uh, with Northwestern? <laughs> it is, yeah. We've had uh, one matchup with Dort so far, and I, yeah, I've, obviously been on some other sides of rivalries too, and it, it is right up there with some of the best <laughs> ones I've been a part of. So what do you think Doug Durfee is uh, saying about you now, your high school <laughs> basketball coach? You know, I just feel like you blink and time flies, and all of a sudden, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years have passed. And I actually had an opportunity to catch up with him recently. We just signed um, a player from McCook Central from my old high school um, who's going to come play for us at Northwest- Northwestern. So I got to go back in the – halls of the school and talk to some teachers and talk to him and it's just it's kind of crazy that this is where life has brought both of us but we both are really you know grateful for the opportunities that we've had and the people that we've met and um when you're in the basketball world it is so small and it's so connected but it's also just so fun they're just fantastic people in coaching in playing and in all levels of the game and what are your mom and dad thinking what do they think about you now? Seeing their their little girl as an eighth grader starting uh, at McCook Central and, and now leading a program in the, the NAIA. Yeah. You know, I think they it's taken them a while, but they're finally getting used to wearing some red to some of the games. That's been a, a big change for sure. Uh, we had a lot of black, and we've even had some blue at games, so we're, we're working on it. But um, I think they're pretty excited, yeah. They um, – obviously just champion their kids and, and want to support us and want us to, to do our best. So uh, I'm just really thankful that they're in my corner and there are people that have helped push me forward in this entire process. Where do you think you'll be in 10 to 15 years? <laughs> I mean, let's, I've let's learned to stop guessing. You learned to what? I've learned to stop guessing. Cause every oh. time I make a plan, something <laughs> else happens and you end up someplace better than you thought anyways. So uh, we're just trying to, you know, get through the next tough game on our schedule because it seems like every single one is is a challenge for us. So, well, back in the seventies, uh, mid seventies, when they sanctioned and the first, well, the first high school, uh, you know, girls basketball uh, tournaments, uh, I, I thought back then that you know what, how many women, how many girls playing high school basketball in South Dakota will eventually go on and be a coach? You know what, we don't see a lot. Uh, we don't see a lot of, of women high school basketball coaches. Um, you know, we certainly see some in the college ranks, but uh, why do you suppose we aren't seeing more? Maybe we'll see more down the road, but where do you see that um, right now? 
Yeah, you know, I I never thought of that a ton before I got back into coaching probably four years ago. And um, yeah, I know those numbers very well myself. And it's it's definitely interesting. Um, and for me, you know, I, I coach for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, one of them is absolutely to, to be a strong female role model for our student athletes and um, to be someone that they can look up to that inspires them and motivates them and um, helps them through anything that they might need. And I think whether that's a male or a female, that's just, just such a um, big responsibility for coaches and something that I don't take lightly at all. And I hope that, you know, over the course of my lifetime, if I can inspire and move somebody to, to do what I do for a living and that fits them, then yeah, that'd be fantastic. But uh, um, I hope we have more coaches on the sidelines in the future, but I know it is, it is kind of tough. Last one for you, Kristen. Yeah, I know you dealt with this when you were at SDSU, you would do post-game interviews what was it like learning to talk with the media uh, and interviews, uh, not only to to promote the program at Northwestern now, but you know during during your high school and college days? You know, I'm really really thankful um, that I played for someone like AJ and just spent time around him and his program because he does such a fantastic job with that. He's a phenomenal speaker. He always seems to have the right words to say in some of those situations and. You know, for me, I learned really quickly, just listen before you speak. Um, And he usually has just a lot of wisdom to share and um, is very articulate. So I've tried to, in a lot of ways, just mirror off of what he says and learn things from his press conferences and his interviews and his meetings. Um, And then just, you know, pray that I do have some wisdom at the end of the day and that I don't, um, you know, say anything too foolish. But I think the more you do it, the more you get comfortable. But you also just have to be um, you're really, really um, confident with who you are. I mean, I believe in, in what I do for a living and the way that I do it and, and why I do it. And I think those things are just as important as some of the things that you might say. In Play with Craig Mavic, made possible by the exclusive support of Lake Area Technical College. It is you. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.